You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 984. Stress in the workplace is a huge factor in determining how productive and effective one's work can be. Author of Says Who, Ora Nadrich, shows us how easy it is to stop worries so that you can easily get back to work freely. She joins us today to share more of the easy methods to get rid of work and job-related stress and how overcoming it can drastically change the way you feel and think forever. If you'd like to learn more about this radio program and podcast, as well as the books and talks that I give, as well as the CEO peer groups that I chair, visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. If you know someone who could make a great guest here on the radio program, please call or text me on my business line, 949-887-4104. Aura, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Hi, Rick. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Can we start with a simple question? Why focus on work, stress, and job worries? Well, it's one of the top sources of stress for, you know, American adults, and I think it just keeps escalating, you know, more and more. It's just a very, very stressful environment. And if you don't have tools, you know, or a skill set in place to work with it, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. When you say for American um, employees and leaders, is, is, it, is it just a phenomenon for American workers, or is, is workplace stress also prominent in Canada and other countries outside the U.S.? Well, I couldn't give you the statistics and the percentages of other countries. I know that so many work-related stress surveys have shown over and over again that stress environment, I mean, you know, stress is so increased in the workplace. And, you know, some of the most up-to-date surveys show that it just keeps increasing. So I'm sure there's stress-related, you know, uh, job environments all over the world. I don't know who's got the leading stress environment, but I know ours is pretty high. Yes, and my sense is that the American worker probably is feeling more stress than many other countries' workers because of the culture and the the work environment that we've created here. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm out on a limb there with that, but I, I think I think the data might support us. So how did you first get interested in this subject, Laura? Well, my book says who is, I call it a user-friendly guide to basically navigating and circumventing negative thoughts by using this user-friendly method that can help you transform your negative thoughts that usually get you down, sabotage you, undermine you, and just overall do not serve your well-being to give you a way to be the observer of your thoughts so that when they come up, you know what to do. You know how to navigate those waters when they get choppy. You're not what I call in the book a reactor. You learn how to be the observer of your thinking mind. So it sounds like in that answer that your research and your work in this area uh, suggests that this stress that people are feeling is self-generated. 
Absolutely. I mean, put it this way, there's a lot of external factors that exacerbate stress and contribute to it, but we sometimes are our worst enemy because when we're stressed, a lot of the times that negative self-talk really starts to rear its head and our negative thoughts start to wreak havoc. So we get either paralyzed or it becomes counterproductive and we don't know how to get ourselves out of it. You know, we get on what I call in the book on the hamster wheel of negativity. The title of your book says who, question mark, how one single, I'm sorry, how one simple question can change the way you think forever. What is the magic of that two-word question then, says who? Well, you have to have some kind of a questioning, an inquiry, you know, investigation into a negative thought, you know, because we accept our thoughts negative thoughts, I should say, so readily. We think between forty and 70,000 thoughts a day, and a very high percentage of those thoughts don't serve our well-being, and we tend to glom on to the negative one. So says who, by asking that very first question, if you don't challenge a negative thought, says who? Who is saying this thought <laughs> in my head? Is it real or is it not? Or am I being a reactor instead of an observer? You have to be able to question your negative thought. And also what I say in the book is own it. So often we want to push aside those negative thoughts. We want to pretend we're not having them. And it's so important to own them, to deal with it, to look at it, to confront it, and to challenge it. How did you come up with this device, this two-word question, Aura? Well... My very first, what I call my first says who moment happened um, when I was actually very young. I had an incident happen, a family incident that was very tragic. And I didn't know I was too young to question a thought that I believed was true that was born out of tremendous fear. And when we're afraid, we go into fight or flight and we tell ourselves all sorts of things. And if we don't challenge a thought, then we accept it, and then we oftentimes bury it, which is what happened to me. Years later, when I became a certified life coach, I started to see a similar pattern in my clients. And it was one client in particular that came to me who was starting a new job, and she shared a very frightening thought with me. And it it seemed rather random in that she on the surface looked like she was on this very upwardly mobile trajectory of starting a new job and very excited about it. And then she said to me, you know, Aura, I have this thought that really scares me and it just absolutely sometimes terrifies me and it comes up out of the blue. And her thought was that she was going to be homeless. Hmm. And it was just such an incongruous thought by comparison to this goal that she had, which was to start this new job, as I said. And when she said that to me, I felt like I was in the presence of someone with two minds, one that was very proactive and wanting to go forward and, you know, realize this dream of starting a new business. And then there was this thought, this what I call boogeyman thought, that wanted to undermine and sabotage the very thing that she wanted to do. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. You know, I I know that one. I can relate to that. I've been there. I know what that feels like. It's a very frightening thought that just wants to take you over and basically render you completely incapable of acting on what your desires or goals are. And what came to the foreground of my mind in that moment was, says who? Hmm. That just popped into my head. And I said to her, I took a risk. I mean, client, I said, says who? And what that did is it basically stopped that negative thought right in its tracks. And I, she looked at me with like these wide-eyed, you know, this very deer-in-headlight type of look, and 
she didn't have any reference for that question. She's like, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I took it one step farther. And I said, who is saying that thought in your mind? And she said, well, I guess I am. And I said, okay, let me ask you one more question, which became the second question of the Says Who Method. Have I heard someone say this thought before? Because so many of our negative thoughts did not originate with us. Oftentimes they happened in childhood or at one point in our lives where something was either said to us or we heard something and we took it on as real and it became a part of our core beliefs. And that's exactly what had happened to her when I said that, asked her that, have you heard someone say that thought before? She had a complete epiphany right before my eyes and she said, oh my God wow, no one's ever asked me that before. And she said, as a matter of fact, I grew up with a father who always used to say that. Business was really tough at times. Money was scarce. And my father lived in fear a lot of the time around that. And she said he used to come home and go, we're going to be homeless. Mm. We're going to be penniless. And it used to petrify her as a little girl. So I said, oh, interesting. So that was your father's thought, right? And she said, yeah, yeah, it was my father's thought that used to scare me so much. And I said, so do you see how you've taken on your father's fear thought as your own? Well, that just really had a major shift for her Mm -hmm. to be able to put into perspective, to be able to recognize in that moment that this thought, which has had so much power over her and was wanting to really wreak havoc with her at a time when she wanted to again be proactive and start this new business, that it did not even belong to her. And she had taken on someone else her father's thought as her own and how much it was affecting her life. Wow, that was a great story, Aura. We're, uh, thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Uh, I have some follow-up questions, but my engineer is telling me um, I need to take a short commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. So so when we come back, or I'd like to regain the conversation uh, from this perspective. Did you know at the time you first encountered how powerful that question was what you had so uh so don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen we're going to come back with Oren nadrich right after this one simple word for something a product or service from me richard franzi is the author of two popular business books for ceos his first book critical mass the 10 explosive powers of ceo peer groups was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, Type Richard Franzi in the search box. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. You know, since we started our show in 2009... We have reached hundreds of thousands of listeners with the live stream and the podcast. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, into your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly radio show with great guests like Aura Nadrich. She's author of Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think 
forever. So before the break, uh, you were telling a powerful story about when you first encountered what says who can do for people. And my question for you now, Nora, is did you know at the time that you had something really special on your hands here? You know, Richard, I did. Because when I asked her that question, I saw her literally basically grasp an idea that she had never entertained before, and that was, where does this thought come from? And why does this thought have so much power over me? And that's what the question says who had triggered in her. And when I saw that, I knew that I was onto something. I thought, if you don't have a questioning method in place to be able to challenge and question those thinking, those negative thoughts that come into our mind that we accept so readily, then we're going to be so prone to that. And what I saw was that it exposed her fear-based thought, what I call a boogeyman thought. It exposed it for what it was so that she could actually see it and experience it for the first time in a whole different way. So I knew that I was onto something here. So we're talking with Oren Najerich, and we're talking about her book, Says Who. So you mentioned in the first block that, you know, Says Who, there's actually a methodology behind this one simple question. And for our audience here in Critical Mass Radio Show, could you just give us a little more context for what else we would discover as we read your book? Well, I think you're going to be able to know your thinking mind better than you have before. And you're going to be able to use a method that you can keep in place so that when a negative thought begins to even percolate in your mind, you will know what to do when that happens. You will be able to follow these very simple steps to, again, become an observer rather than a reactor. And then once you are able to acknowledge that a negative thought is trying to wreak havoc with you and to, you know, basically undermine or sabotage you in, in a particular kind of way, which negative thoughts usually do, you will know how to counter that and how to circumvent that so that you can also, what I have in the book, is to release that thought and to replace it with something that's productive and constructive, that does serve your well-being, that can help you reach your goals. So in the first block, you also mentioned that one of the things, in addition to being a published author that you do, is that you are a professional coach. Can you tell us a little bit about your business practice? I'm a life coach. I'm a certified life coach, and I work with people who you know, are encountering these kinds of blocks in that they really can't realize their dreams and goals. And by using the Says Who method with them, I'm seeing such incredible breakthroughs so that they can take you know, charge over their thinking mind and be able to use their thoughts effectively to be able to actualize what it is they want in their lives. I'm also a mindfulness meditation teacher, mm-hmm. and mindfulness is a, a real important integral part of this process because you need to understand what it means to be present with your thinking mind so that you can work with the thoughts that aren't working favorably for you and that you can take charge over them and then to change them so that they can. And where are you located, Aura? I'm located in Los Angeles, okay. California. Okay. And I, I um, In the peer group community that I lead here in Southern California, we have been working with the CEOs and business owners on the concept of mindfulness. I find it to be a very, uh, you know, reducing stress in their life is a key concern of mine as the chair of the community. And mindfulness techniques can really help people kind of get back in control of the moment and and the stress that bombards leaders and CEOs of companies. 
Absolutely. I mean, mindfulness, just in its simplest form, is to be, you know, in the present moment with total awareness. And we function at our optimum when we're present. You know, oftentimes we're so busy either thinking about the past, which has already come and gone, or concerned about the future, which isn't here yet. And by being present, you can really just, you know, optimize everything that you need to work effectively in the areas of your life that need to be addressed. You're so right. Earlier in the interview, you mentioned how the mind is triggered by negative thought, you know, and and I am not sure the biology on why that is the case, but I think in practice that is clearly the case. I don't know if that's a survival thing that we, you know. I think so. I think so. I think, you know, originating from being hunters and gatherers, or you guys were, (laughs) but I think it's part of the thinking mind. I mean, I didn't write a quick fix book about, hey, let's just, you know, think positive thoughts all the time and positive things will keep on happening. I subscribe to that, but I want people to know what to do when their thoughts start to feel overwhelming or when those negative thoughts do, you know, rear their head, and they will. And you want to know what to do when that happens. So, So what has been the response to your book since you've had it published? Incredibly positive. You know, people who say to me, you know, Aura, I used to be a much more negative person. I'm so much more aware of my negative thoughts now. I see such a decrease in my negativity. I'm on to my mind when those negative thoughts rear their head. I know what to do. I never thought it was possible. I didn't realize that I was such a negative person and on and on and on. And to see these changes and to see people apply the says who method, which is such a straightforward, logical method. It makes sense when you really learn these seven basically very simple, straightforward, logical questions that you can ask your own thinking mind. And I also say and says who you are the creator and master of your internal dialogue, which creates your reality. You know, thoughts create emotions, create behavior, create reality. you got to be able to connect the dots. And to know that we're thinking these thoughts up, and we have the power to change them. Or any any sense for at what age this question and your methodology is is appropriate? How young? Oh, the younger the better. Okay. Because one of the you know a lot of this really begins you know in the you know younger stages of development in that you know people can recall the first time they felt bullied you know whether it was a bully on the schoolyard the first time somebody challenged you oftentimes is in childhood telling you you're not worthy you're not good enough you're not good at baseball you're not good at basketball you're not a good dancer you're not a good student you're stupid you're unattractive so many of those things are told to us in childhood and oftentimes you know we're so vulnerable and so susceptible you know to our peer groups and the authority figures to be you know we don't challenge we're like oh okay you're saying this about me i guess it must be true right so the earlier the better it's empowering you want to be able to counter that by saying just because someone said this to me doesn't mean it's true and I can back it up by proving it because I have my own thinking mind. It tells me otherwise. It tells me that I am worthy and that I am capable and that I am smart. And, you know, we just, as I said earlier, we accept those negative thoughts so readily, whether they're thoughts, critical thoughts that we tell ourselves or what people tell us. So I say the earlier, the better. Final question, Aura, if someone would like to learn more about you and your book and possibly buy Says Who, how do you recommend they do that online? Amazon is a, a- 
quick way to get my book, Barnes & Noble, um, easy to get. You can also go on my website, oranadrich.com, O-R-A-N-A-D-R-I-C-H.com, and it's chock full of information and, you know, my book and my events and everything that I'm doing. So please visit my website. Ora, thank you for sharing the power in your book, the power of a simple question. I really have enjoyed our time together here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to our ever-growing learning community. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts, our producers in no particular order, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern, and I'm your host, Richard Francie. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show, the books I write, the keynote speeches I deliver, as well as the CEO peer groups I chair here in Southern California, then please visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.